expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Manconi. There's no shortage of love for the sport of baseball in Taiwan, and likewise, there's quite a bit of playing talent as well. So it's no surprise that Major League Baseball is keeping a close eye on the up-and-coming players here, with scouts from about a dozen different teams spending their days watching amateur games, hoping to find the next baseball great right here in Taiwan. So to learn a little bit more about what it's like to be an MLB scout in Taiwan and what Taiwan's players have to offer, I spoke with Adam Hislop. He's an international scout for the Oakland A's covering Taiwan, Japan, and Korea. Here's our conversation. Adam Hislop, thanks so much for joining us today. Good to be here. Thank you. So I want to really start at uh, when you first came to Taiwan uh, to do this job. Uh, you kind of just came here with the idea that this is something that uh, baseball teams were going to need. They were going to need a scout out here. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about uh, that decision that you made and, and why you thought uh, this was going to be something teams would need? Yeah, I was uh, I was working as an engineer in the States, and my wife is Taiwanese, and I had a little bit of history in Taiwan. I'd been here before, and I, I spoke the language. And I just love uh, baseball. I love baseball in Taiwan, and I knew... Uh, the, the kind of, the market was kind of moving in that direction where teams would need help here. So I, uh, I wanted to do it. I wanted to try it, and uh, thankfully it worked out. I got a, a, a part-time job with Kansas City Royals and then uh, eventually with the Oakland A's, uh, I work, who, whom I work for right now. So. And help me understand that a little bit. As somebody who's not you know, in the industry of baseball, uh, why was it more important at that time for these teams to have a better idea of what was happening uh, in this area of the world? Uh, it wasn't so much that it was um, more important. It was, it was just the development of, of the game in general. Um, in, uh, in about 1999, the first Taiwanese um, player was signed by uh, a major league organization. His name was Chen Jinfeng. And there was actually one lesser known uh, sign before in 1974, but that was kind of a not, not, a, not as much as a high profile thing. But in 1999, um, that's kind of when the wave began. And, and Chen Jinfeng eventually made it to the major leagues. He, he, he didn't stick uh, all, very long, but he was a success. He was a very good player. And uh, after that was just uh, player after player. Um, from Korea, Taiwan, and of course there have been several from Japan, but just uh, it just it just so happened that there were more more and more players available to come out. So it, it, people just began to recognize that this could be a good source of players for the major leagues. Yes, exactly. It just seems a little bit striking to me that it took until the you know the late nineties, early two thousands for professional baseball to look at Asia. Because um, you know, there's been it's it's not like this is just when they started playing baseball. They've been Taiwan has been winning little league uh, since like the 70s. So so why is this something that's you know taken so long uh, for Major League Baseball to look at? I would have to go back just the way the the way I understand it. Um, the history of baseball in Taiwan is is really interesting, and um, so it started in the in the late 1800s. Ja- the Japanese introduced the game here, and uh, it was very much a Japanese game, and in that sense, it uh, it was it, it revolved more around the high school game. Even even today in Japan, although their their professional league is is huge, uh, for a long time, 
baseball was about high school baseball, and they would have a, a national tournament, which is still still goes on now, called Koshien. And that that's kind of the way the way baseball um, was developed here. It was a it was a an amateur thing, and and the idea of of professional baseball is really kind of a, a relatively new thing. I think the uh, the professional leagues in uh, Korea and Taiwan started in the eighties and maybe a little bit into the nineties, and they're still kind of the one in Taiwan is still kind of sputtering. So professional baseball hasn't hasn't is not a very it's quite a new thing here. Mm. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what goes in to finding these players? Because that's really what it's all about, is finding talent uh, in Taiwan and in these other Asian countries and, and uh, getting them signed. So can you tell me a little bit about what goes into finding those players? Because basically it means watching a lot of baseball, right? Yeah, pretty much just uh, going to going to games at the high school level. That's the main crux of what we do. And um, that's not... Uh, very different than a, an American domestic scout, his his work. But ours is a little bit different in that the talent is usually focused on a, sh- a smaller amount of teams. Uh, the way that that baseball is amateur baseball is structured in in Taiwan, it it just works out that that a lot of the good players are funneled into uh, a small amount of teams, and so we're kind of following the the same teams everywhere we go, and that's just how it works out. And it it uh, ends up probably being a, a little bit easier than scouting in the States. Um, but we do c- kind of have to comb through those teams and find find the guys, whereas in the in the States you might have a lot of referrals or um, uh, media. Uh, uh, you might pick up on, on talent from the media and things like that. Right, and I, I, I guess the main difference is uh, in the U.S. there's kind of a system, like a draft system, that kind of sorts these guys out in advance for you. Here you don't really have that. You're just kind of doing all the sorting by yourself. Is that right? Well, um yeah, the the system in the states is the, is the draft where uh, every year each each of the thirty major league teams goes through and picks their players, picks the guys they want, and that is uh, as of now it is not is not set up internationally. So everything outside uh, Canada and uh, and the U.S. is is basically a free for all. You can you can go scout the players, you can sign them, but in the last couple of years they've they've started to add structure to that and so it's not quite um it's not a draft system at all yet but it is uh a system where you you have uh, uh datelines where you you can begin signing and uh you have to file their name and basically register them so in a sense it's moving towards that system uh, of a draft but it still is kind of a kind of a free free system would uh, if if it became a little bit more systemized, would that put you out of a job? Because I think a lot of what you're trying to do is getting an edge on the other teams, being the first one to find these players. So, you know, if it had that system, would that would that give less of a benefit to having this person on the ground here? That's a good question, I, and that's a question that I have definitely thought about and, and discussed with with fellow scouts for other teams. I think that the general consensus is it might make our job more important because in a draft setup you can only pick the, uh, the amount of picks you get whereas it, whereas in the current system internationally you can sign zero guys every year if you don't want to sign them or you can sign you know 20 guys if you want and so we we have that freedom internationally to make those kind of decisions uh, or not make the decisions but in a draft you have to pick players and you have to um, rank them based on preference and so you'd want you'd want a good scout um, having that information about the players would be crucial then. You're right, exactly. Mm. 
Uh, now, could you talk a little bit? Why is it that you focus on uh, the such young players here? Because you're really, you're, I mean, you're going out to high school games. You know, you're going out to see very young players when they're just starting to, you know, really become, you know, the players that they're going to be. So, why are you focusing on such young players? Well, baseball is a sport that uh, it it takes a long time to to master. It is a it's a very much a skill sport, whereas maybe some of the other sports are, are more physical, and so. Uh, the game of baseball in the United States, in particular, it, it has a, the major league teams, the major league level, and then several levels of minor leagues below that, where players are placed to develop and 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 to learn the game in some cases. And so, it's uh, we try to get them started on that development path as early as we can. And in Taiwan, that usually means uh, around 18 years old is when we would want to sign them. So you're, you're you're based in Korea, Japan, and Taiwan. Those are kind of the big three countries that you go to most. Uh, but it seems like you're focusing predominantly on Taiwan. Uh, so why is that? Yeah, so um, Taiwan, it just so happens the market is probably the easiest to work in. I don't go to Japan much, uh, and I don't scout their um, amateur players at all. And that's basically due to the fact that their professional league is is so very developed it's uh, developed financially um it's it's the main it's the main professional league in their country and so it's harder to draw those kids away and we don't really do that anyway there's kind of a a gentleman's agreement between major league baseball and japan right now that will probably eventually be broken but we're we are not uh, really trying to take their um high school players away we, we kind of let them let them go into their own leagues. And most of them probably want to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Taiwan, uh, it would make a lot more sense for a player to go to the States first uh, financially and maybe even the other factors. Professionally. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and, and that would be because uh, of, of the pay differential and, and just uh, the, the number of teams in the league over here? Right. Yeah. The league here, uh, as you may know, um, it's, it's, it's gone through uh, kind of really, really pronounced ebbs and flows they they there's been scandals there have been uh, f- financial problems and right now it has four teams and it's it's getting better but uh it just it just usually for the for the top tier of talent it doesn't provide the professional opportunities, opportunities that, yeah. that, that that they want yeah so you were saying earlier that you know your job isn't too much different from uh what uh, the work that a scout would be doing in the US uh, but I, I think that the the system that players come up through in Taiwan is is a little bit different, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that because I'm sure that that affects your work. Uh, so my understanding is that uh, the players, you know, start earlier here, and uh, you know, they're worked like real players from a, a pretty early age. Uh, would you say that that's the biggest difference uh, between the U.S. and, and Taiwan? Yeah, at the at the uh, the younger end of the youth level, most definitely the. The, the culture here just hasn't been able to uh, sort of endorse uh, um, uh, a play f- play baseball for fun type of spirit and and uh, and that that has to do with a lot of factors but uh, it, it ends up that um, there is basically no little league as it exists in the United States where you might have a few dads coaching uh, the kids and they have a, f- a few games a year and then they go on to play a different sport at the other times of year that doesn't that it started in in Taipei a little bit, but it's virtually non-existent. And so you have this system where kids who play baseball in in the little league years play baseball all day. They play they play baseball sometimes five, six, seven hours a day, and the emphasis is on winning, mm. winning uh, the championship for their city, for their country, and eventually, yeah. hopefully, the little league World Series, which mm-hmm. which Taiwan has had. Uh, 
uh, plenty of success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how does that uh, affect your job? How does that affect what you're looking for from these players or, or the kind of performances that you're seeing? Well, it uh, it definitely places the emphasis on a uh, team for, for the players, uh, um, whether it's uh, Little League or, or high school or any other. It's more of a team. Um, it, it's about winning, uh, mm-hmm. winning games as a team. And that that's no different than baseball in, in the United States, don't get me wrong. But it does uh, affect the way that the game is taught and, and the way that the players are developed. And I think there's a lot less emphasis on maybe on, on, on bat speed and power and more emphasis on just making contact, getting on base, things like that. Oh, so it, it might be more difficult to identify who's the real star in this team because everybody's working together and not necessarily uh, really standing out in that kind of way. It could be, yeah. And and there have been cases where you, you might have a player who may not be as much of an asset to help that team win a game today or any given day. So he might be in the background, but he might have more potential, professional potential, than a kid who is on the field. So there have definitely been, been instances where the kid... Um, uh, the player that that we might be more interested in is not even on the field, and you would almost never see that in the United States. Is is there ever an issue that uh, maybe you expect a player to get better because they're so young, but then they kind of level out? Yeah, and uh, I think it's safe to say you you see that a lot more here uh, in Asia, just because of the the way the game is, is structured, where they where they might peak at a very young age because they've played so much baseball. And uh, they might ha- not have the uh, the physical uh, ability that that a, that a Western player might have, and so they so we see that a lot, where a player might peak at seventeen, and you you know you might think, hey, this kid might get better, but you know doesn't. But that that can happen anywhere too. Since you've been doing this job, could you tell me about uh, any of the players that you've signed, uh, and how did you how did you see them originally, and how did you know that they would uh, uh, be good players, and, and what did they go on to do? Um, well, here in Taiwan, we signed uh, a player named Pan Zifang. Uh, we signed him actually after he, after he graduated high school. He was uh, he was already in his freshman year. And in general, we would identify a player in high school. And uh, in his case, in in high school, he didn't stand out very much. He wasn't one of the high profile prospects. And uh, he he basically had uh, one tool, which was his running speed. He could run. He could run to first base. And, <laughs> And but it, but his other um, the other aspects of his game kind of started to come along his freshman year and basically in in uh, international scouting you identify the players maybe preference them based on your uh, make your own ranking and and pref- kind of uh, rank them out and you would show I would show them to my boss when he comes so he'd make a what they call a cross check or he'd come in and and see the players that I like and and and. and in the case of uh, Pan Zifang, he he came in and he liked him, and uh, and it just so happened that he he kind of fit in our he fit in our but into our budget, and uh, he was available. Um, he wasn't extremely sought after, um, uh, and he had a he had a good little run uh, in in the minor leagues. He he has run into injuries, and and he's still he's still fighting over there, and he just left to go to spring training, and and I hope he hope he has a good year. And so that would be a case where um, maybe because the Oakland A's had some eyes on the ground over here, uh, they were able to get to him before somebody else would have. Uh, yeah, yeah. There are definitely other teams that would have seen him uh, here, but uh, yeah, there are many teams that, like like I said, they're not active in Asia, and they would they would not know who that player is at all. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what happens 
after he's been identified uh, and, and you guys have decided to sign him? What, what, what happens to this player? What's the next step for them? Well, um, maybe I maybe I could move back and talk about what uh, what we do before we would want to sign him. We usually we we, we when we have uh, players that uh, we're kind of keeping an eye on and we think maybe uh, we might be interested in, we would visit their their home um, and speak with their their family and with the player themselves and and kind of get an idea uh, what what their history is and what what they want to do. In most cases, they want to go play in the United States, and and that's that's usually a given. Um, but you want to know what the player, uh, how the player will adapt. And that's, that's very difficult to predict. And, uh, many players definitely want to play and they want to go, but they, when they get there, they run into a lot of, uh, challenges, uh, whether it's language, culture, the food, and definitely with, with Pan, he, he excelled in his first season. And then in his second, and third seasons, he ran into those challenges and he, he, he had the homesickness and he, he had the language barrier and everything. And, and so you want to, you want to try to get a feel of how they're going to deal with that. And you can never really know because we're all, we're all people and we all, we all react, react differently to different situations. But if we like the player and, and we want to uh, extend an offer, we basically extend an offer through either an agent, some of the players have agents or, or through their, their family. Mm. So when you come to Taiwan, uh, you know, you're looking to find players and bring them to America, make ha- have them play for the Oakland A's. Uh, do the do the teams here, do the leagues here ever see you as you know competition, as as somebody who is taking away their top players? Not in Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan is uh, uh, the best way to describe scouting in Taiwan is is just um, it's it's very friendly environment. Korea might be a little bit different, but in general. I think the these countries are are starting to see that it is inevitable that their best talent will be going to the United States to play baseball. But definitely all all three of the the countries in Asia want to maintain that autonomy in in being able to being able to decide when they can go. And and I I can understand that, but and that but that can definitely create conflicts uh when scouting. The sometimes you, you So might, you mean in particular not uh, uh, not scouting them when they're too young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know from my experience in Korea, they they would rather that their players go directly into their professional league, and they they might let you know that directly. And mm-hmm. um, in Taiwan, it's a little bit different. They they would they would rather that we uh, that they that they get a high school education and graduate first. And for the most part, Major League Baseball uh, respects that from from what I can see. So eventually a lot of these players uh, do end up coming back to Taiwan after they've played in uh, either professional or, or, or minor league teams in the U.S. Uh, what do you think that that does to the way the game is played here? I, I think there's a definite change. Some of the concepts and uh, training methods and ideas in the States are, are different than, than what is normal here. And some of those players that uh, go to the United States, whether they make it to the major leagues or not, they bring back a lot of those those ideas and uh and and you can see that you can see that kind of changing the game here for sure can you can you think of one in particular the most apparent one i think is with strength and conditioning um the professional teams all have strength and conditioning coaches and uh, you see more uh weight room activity in high school uh in high school teams and college teams now uh i think there's been a 
definitely been a change during the time that I've been here. So maybe players that would come back would uh, focus more on strength and power? Yeah, and maybe even focus less on, uh, for pitchers, for example, they might focus less on practicing and throwing too much. Um, Mm. uh, It's common here for uh, a pitcher in practice to to throw 100 pitches, and then the next day maybe uh, throw another 100. That's not not uncommon, but it's slowly changing because that would not happen in in the United States. Mm. Major League Baseball has been looking at Asia for maybe a little over 10 years now. Uh, how much longer do you think that this emphasis is going to be here? Do you think that this is here to stay? Is, is, you know, is, is Major League Baseball going to be looking for players from this end of the world for, for the foreseeable future? Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's uh, the game in Taiwan is growing. The game in, Tari- in Korea, it's definitely growing. Their uh, attendance figures have, have gone up consistently. And, and in, in Japan, it's really just, <laughs> it's just a huge sport in Japan. It's their main sport. So the players... Uh, I. I don't see any slowdown in scouting Asia. Some sometimes there are up, up years and down years in terms of talent and uh, how many uh, signable players uh, come out each year. But uh, as long as uh, Tom Wayne is on TV every fifth night in Taiwan, there are going to be going to be players uh, playing baseball. <laughs> We've been speaking to international scout for the Oakland A's, Adam Hislop. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Keith. That's it for the show today. As always, we'd love to hear what you thought of the program. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or rate and review Taiwan Talk on iTunes. Also, a quick reminder to our listeners that if you're looking for an easy, engaging way to catch up on Taiwan news, then you're going to want to tune in every Friday night at 8.30 p.m. for Taiwan This Week. ICRT's new weekly roundup of the major stories from around the island, hosted by myself and ICRT's Gavin Phipps. You can also find that online at the ICRT website and on iTunes. All right, advertisement over. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Talk. For ICRT, I'm Keith Manconi.